Please join me for the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, free our minds from error. Teach our hearts the living words of Jesus and inspire our lips to share the good news. In the name of the blessed Holy Trinity, amen. Our scripture today comes from the book of Philippians chapter four. Hear these words. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I wonder, are you like me? I have a cabinet in my house that is filled with many, the tiny, not a lot, right? Many, um, many uh, DV uh, camcorder tapes. You know, the little ones that you slide into that um, uh, video camera. Um, you know, for, for Amy and I, we got that video camera right about the time uh, we heard about a delivery date um, of a girl who's now 15. Right, and, and what do you do when you're, for us, when we were expecting, right? You videotape everything they do, right? I also have a box in my closet up high that is filled with old school VHS tapes. Can I get an amen from somebody, right? <laughs> do you know where this box of VHS tapes came from? It came from my father. Do you know what he videotaped everything of me? Now, VHS tapes weren't around when I was a kid, but when I was in high school, they were. My dad videotaped every halftime marching band show that I was in. Now, for those of you, I feel like this is a church that knows about marching bands, right? We have a number of... Um, um, band directors, we have choir directors, right? We have former band uh, students, right? Wonderful. So in our marching band, we had maybe two different shows in one year. There were 12 easily, um, or maybe not 12, maybe seven uh, different halftime shows. I have all of them. Times four, not, you know, and also including that we'd go to contest during that time. He'd drive and see that. He also had footage of the buses leaving the high school at all periods of the day, right? So he had one where we left in the middle of the night and one that we left at noon and one that we left at sundown. And then he had us all coming back as well. And so based upon when the trip was, he could have the bumper going into the show and the bumper coming out. They're all on VHS tabs. Not, none of them are edited together. They're just there. I want you to ask me, have I watched all of those VHS tapes? No. Have I watched any of those VHS tapes? No. Now, I watched the mini digital video, like many small, not many, many, right, um, of, of Grace, right? But there got to be a point where I was recording um, the uh, program at school or the, you know, I don't, awards, right, or the spelling bee or whatever it was. And, you know, I haven't watched those again. In fact, some of you will remember when Grace was in um, the Christmas, uh, children's Christmas pageant, and she was, was it Jane Bond? 
right? And she had like a, an audio um, a cue, right? It'd be like, bow, 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 and then she'd say her line. I videotaped that. <laughs> you know, but every Christmas since then, we've been asking, or my family has, can we watch it? Yeah, yeah, it's buried in the phone somewhere. I'll find it this year. <laughs> do, do you ever have this experience where you have captured it all, and when it's time, you'll be able to enjoy it all. I mean, I don't wanna go stepping on toes, but this could be different than just the family video album or the things that are squirreled away in your closet. Have you collected some things, having them on hand, never enjoyed them, but when it's time, you will enjoy them. Anybody, can I get an amen from somebody? Yeah, okay, oh, all right, maybe I'm too close to home, okay. So, uh, so we're talking today not about what's possible this new year, but we're talking about um, the idea of mindfulness, about focus. Now, I wonder, have you ever had this experience where you're driving on 288, and there's not traffic, um, you're driving on 288 and you totally lose 10 miles of road? Yeah, I get nods. All right, you're going to play with me now. Yay, right? And, and have you ever had that moment when you have missed time on the highway and passed your exit? Right, which makes it so much more clear why some people dodge the whole four lanes to get off at 610, right? I always just thought they were horrible people, but maybe it's that they were distracted. Have you ever sat down to a wonderful meal, maybe by yourself, maybe in front of the TV, and the meal is gone? and you can't remember what it tasted like. Okay, maybe for you it's more of a bag of popcorn or a bag of chips and a good movie, right? Why is it that the popcorn I buy when I go to the movie theater is gone before the movie starts, <laughs> right? There are some things that um, we cannot keep track of. Um, it's interesting, our bodies are forced to be in this place and this time, but our minds are not. Our minds wander, right? You can wander back to the past and remember the good old days. You can wander to the future and hope for what's next, all while you're mowing the lawn, right? Or anything else. Our bodies are stuck in one place, but our minds are not. I love this picture. Um, I think this picture is from a presidential inauguration. Notice everybody around the older woman has their phones out, right? They are capturing it for a moment when they'll enjoy it, right? Notice they're even looking into the screen, right? Not even looking at a real live president walking in front of them. Instead, they're seeing it through their screen. And I love her just kind of interest in the moment with no screen mediating it. You know, um, our scripture today talks about uh, anxiety, it talks about focus, and about peace. Um, the New Testament scholar Stephen Fowle talks about the Philippians. He points out that this particular teaching, this um, uh, be anxious about nothing, um, and in everything by prayer and supplication, allow for God to guard your hearts, right? This is a powerful piece of scripture. Fowl says that he writes this uh, to the Philippians uh, for two reasons. One reason, he's picking up what Jesus says about uh, consider the lilies, uh, do not worry about what you will eat or what you will wear, for God will take care of all of this. And he's um, writing it into the lives of the Philippians. Now, the Philippians, um, 
they were a particular town that had a Roman garrison in their backyard. And what was wonderful was the Roman garrison made sure that no one was going to attack the city because Rome saw it as an interest. But the challenging thing about having a Roman garrison is that Rome was in it for Rome and maybe not for the Philippians. And so there was this anxiety, this, um, this kind of ramped up maybe pseudo PTSD that the Philippians might experience. Because anytime you got near one of those Roman centurions, you wanted to make sure you did the right thing. You wanted to make sure that you didn't look suspect or suspicious or something like that because they were heavily armored and armed. Um, just this last weekend, we were watching the movie The Book Thief, um, a story set in um, kind of Hitler's uh, pre-World War II uh, Germany. And just hearing the show me your papers makes me think that this was somewhat of a Philippians environment. And so Fowl talks about the powerful call that Paul has to be free from anxiety uh, is directed um, more towards physical um, uh, anxiety resulting from living in a world hostile to Christianity. The peace of God that comes through prayer counters anxiety because it guards believers. Do you hear why that's an important word? Right? Uh, Paul takes what Jesus said and adds to it by saying there's this importance of guarding our safety. Um, you know, uh, Fowl goes on to talk about the notion of guarding uh, would have resonated with the Philippians because Pax Romana is Roman peace, but not always our peace. And so hence you get that last sentence where it says, the peace that will pass all understanding, right? This is not just a political peace, it's a spiritual peace, it's a salvific peace. So, um, Paul's real idea about discipleship is that we find freedom from worry, freedom from anxiety through grateful acknowledgement of our dependence upon God, and also noting that God is near. I don't have to worry when I get near the Roman soldier if I know that the presence of God is near as well. So you kind of hear these kind of pieces linked together in the passage of Scripture that we have today. So what are some ways that we can say that God is near and also acknowledge our dependence upon God? I would say we live in a pretty distracted world. Uh, we live in a world where, um, I don't know about you, but if I have my cell phone in my pocket, there are three or four times during the day where I think it buzzed and it didn't. Does that happen to you? I think there's a ghost in my cell phone. Okay, not so many of you, right? Uh, there are times when I will be perfectly in a wonderful task and I will stop because the ding of my laptop tells me I have an email. And I think the email might actually be important. <laughs> and it's not. You know, the distractions are everywhere. I've heard philosophers say that the age of boredom is gone because we have these devices in our pocket that can entertain us each and every day of our lives. Mindfulness is paying attention. Mindfulness is this opportunity to notice what you are doing, what you are feeling, and what you are thinking at the same time that you're actually doing, thinking, and feeling. Remember we talked about bodies are stuck in one place in time, but minds are not? Mindfulness is bringing those two things together. Now, I imagine uh, you have heard about mindfulness, right? 
uh, I think 2014 and 2015 was like the year of mindfulness, right? And you could accomplish everything by being mindful. But a lot of that secular westernized um, mindfulness has to do with just being one. And then you've got this take around Buddhism that will encourage you once you find that oneness, you empty your mind. But Christian mindfulness, Christian mindfulness is different. It's not about becoming one with ourselves or empty of who we are. It's about noticing that God is near. And it's about acknowledging our dependence upon God. The, um, the Old Testament is filled uh, with wonderful opportunities where God repeatedly reminded people to remember both him and their history. Deuteronomy 8, 18, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant with you. Um, you can also look at Exodus 20, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But you do know that it's not just about remembering. In fact, here at the table, we'll have communion, and we will talk a little bit about remembering, but it's not remembering like you pull out the, uh, what is it, on your first wedding anniversary, you pull out the top layer of the cake because it was wrapped in heavy uh, amounts of um, uh, plastic wrap, cling wrap, and aluminum foil. And on that first anniversary, you're supposed to eat that year-old cake and remember how wonderful it was. Right? Communion is not eating that old cake from centuries ago. It's not about remembering. Like it was, that was good old days. You remember that? Yep. No, it's about re-experiencing the love of Jesus. It's about being in one place and at one time with God. I, I want to point out some things that I think are interesting about our culture. Our culture, you know, mindfulness is challenging for the people living in biblical times, but is really hard for us in our age of distraction. Uh, we are um, doing so many things at once. We are uh, thinking about work, looking for work, or going to work. Uh, we are taking the kids to school, picking the kids up, wondering and worrying about our adult children, or trying to get our grandchildren on FaceTime. We are wondering about our retirement, consumed by our retirement, or wondering where our retirement will ever show up. We are worrying about our medical concerns, worrying about our health, signing up for the gym for New Year's resolutions, knowing that all New Year's resolutions tend to fail by Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, right? <laughs> we are so distracted. Think about every job interview you ever went to. What do they ask you? Where are you going to be in three to five years, right? Wait, wait, can I just figure out how to do today, much less three to five years from now? Uh, every class that you go to has goals and expectations. We are living ourselves in a distracted world. Now, one of the problems of our distracted world is that we get sucked into what the future might be. I like to call it future tripping. You're sitting in one place, but your brain has gone off to the future. Now there's future tripping around, all things will be happy, I'll win the lottery, life will be great. Okay. There's also future tripping, which might be, in a couple of years, when will my cancer come back? There's future tripping of, you know, um, she loves me now, but maybe she won't love me later. There could be the future tripping of a, of a high school or college student, I'm doing all this work, but where will I work? I'm doing all this uh, preparation for a job that will it be there, right? Do you, do you get the idea of future tripping? It is a beautiful, refined worry about things that we cannot hold on to. 
Uh, it's interesting, our advertising, right? Today you're gonna watch the um, Super Bowl, right? Half of the world watches the Super Bowl for the game and the other half of the world watches the Super Bowl for the commercials. Our commercial culture, advertising is constructed around building dissatisfaction with our current state and projecting our happiness onto our future ownership of a particular product. Wow, right? That everything we watch on TV says, you know, it could be better. It could really be better. I mean, that 55-inch uh, flat-screen TV you have could be 65-inch, right? And there are people who have 65-inch flat-screens, and don't you want to be one of those people who has 65 Well, all you have to do is go into debt. All you have to do is spend your money. All you have to do is show up for the sale. Isn't it interesting that flat-screen TVs go on sale on Super Bowl Sunday? Okay, maybe that was just interesting to me. I want to say that you cannot pay attention to the present if you are worried, wondering, or distracted by the future. Can I say that again? You cannot be in the present if you are worried, wondering, or disillusioned with the future. Our bodies are only one place, and we should find a way for our minds to be there as well. And Jesus talks about, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Who among you by worrying can add a single moment to your lives? Wow, it's powerful stuff. Future tripping really overcomes who we are. It is an envisioning a future, right? It's one thing to envision a future and work towards it. It's different to live in that future and never do any work to make it happen. Do you kind of see where I am? What I love about Jesus is that Jesus was thoroughly mindful uh, he was one of those, um, probably the most mindful people ever. He was completely aware of the flow of his life in his own body, so much so that when the woman in the crowd touched his arm who was bleeding and the healing went out from him, he knew it. In the present, right? Um, that Jesus recognized the hunger and aimlessness of the crowds, that he appreciated the gratitude of the woman who anointed him with perfume, even though it was the strangest thing you could ever imagine in that ancient Near Eastern time. You know, scholars have a hard time not calling that woman a prostitute and not, not trying to understand why Jesus would be in the same room with her. But he is, uh, has appreciated that gratitude. He saw how the ruling parties were conspiring against him, but didn't get sucked in, right? How many of us watch the news and whether you are left or right, it does not matter. You get sucked in and you're, right? He listened to his father so closely that he and his father were in one in spirit, one in thought, desire, and action. I think it's interesting. We tend to portray Jesus as some otherworldly spiritual guru who didn't have the problems of physical life, right? I like to say that the Gospel of John sometimes makes Jesus walk 10 feet off the ground, right? Um, but our, our real reading of the Gospel, both John and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, tells us not of someone who was so heavenly minded that he had no earthly use, but rather someone who was fully engaged in the real physical life around him. It's powerful to think about it, about bread and food, about love and hatred, about grace and shame. Jesus was all in. And so mindfulness, not about emptying ourselves, but rather being present to what's going on, and Jesus was mindful. He was present to what was going on, but he also knew that he was the most single-minded person ever. 
that if he continued to walk the path, that he would see God's righteousness happen, that if he continued to walk the path, God's kingdom would happen. And here's the strange thing. God's kingdom isn't a future trip. It's a present reality. That's the challenge of being in one place with your head, your heart, and your mind and being connected with God's glory, admitting that God's near and acknowledging our dependence upon God. In your bulletin, you'll find um, some text to read and some questions to focus on and some next steps. I want to point you towards those. The question to ask is quite fun. Um, It asks you about your hobbies. And essentially it says, if your hobby is watching TV, it may be time to get a new hobby. (laughs) Right, because it's in entertaining your mind, not engaging it. Now, maybe if you watch Jeopardy, that's different, but anyways. And then the next steps, to break out of this kind of mindlessness that you might be in, and to help you take a step towards focusing on God, set an alarm. If you've got a fancy smartwatch, you could use it. If you've got a cell phone in your pocket, you could use it. There are a number of wonderful things that you can find that allow you to turn your focus towards God's will and God's love and God's acceptance and God's grace. Mindfulness. Where's your focus? Is it on the radio as you drive north to Houston? Is it on the movie as you consume another bag of popcorn? Is it sucked into the future that you are living in for when you'll make it big, hit it rich, or sorry, hit it big, make it rich, and maybe win the lottery? Or are you right here, right now, connected with a God that's near and acknowledging your dependence upon God? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.